Folks, we've had a, uh, a great week, as we've been saying, and uh, today we have a special opportunity to hear from somebody that we know. Uh, we got to know Wallace and Kim Nix a, a year ago at, at our last Global Impact Conference, and uh, he was with a Bible Fellowship class and sharing his story, and I think he shared in our Saturday morning men's breakfast, and so we've had a lot of people get to know him, be very inspired and motivated by him. As a matter of fact, uh, we, we didn't go into that Global Impact Conference intending to have a partnership with Chosen Children Ministries, but uh, after everybody got to know uh, Wallace, we didn't have much of a choice before the week even ended. We were, we were going to have a partnership with Chosen Children. And this past year, we saw, uh, I think, close to 30 people uh, go down to Nicaragua. We already have two trips uh, set up for this coming year uh, in the work that we do down there. And uh, so this morning, we're going to have Wallace uh, share a little bit. You know, we've, we've had, uh, if you were here and been a part of the whole thing, uh, I would say what we saw Wednesday night was a good biblical presentation uh, of the story of missions. The story of the Bible is the story of missions. And now we couple today's message with that, and that's a story of application. And uh, folks, I tell you, I, I love Wallace and Kim. Uh, I love what God's allowed me to see in their lives because I've seen kind of the whole spectrum. You know, if you think about it, a lot of times you know people for segments of their life. You, you, you know them in a certain aspect of their life. It might be for five or ten years, but that's a, that's a segment, that's a part. I've had the privilege and, the, and really the blessing uh, of being able to watch Wallace uh, really run the whole spectrum. Because I, I, I was there, I saw him come to faith in Jesus Christ uh, 18, close to 20 years ago, and then saw him begin to, to follow Christ and to walk with Christ and to serve so faithfully there in the church. And then pretty soon he was stepping out on a mission trip, and, and then all of a sudden he's leading a mission organization. And uh, just to see him kind of come that full circle all the way through that, it's just been so exciting. And, and primarily to see, and what you're going to learn about Wallace, and this is why we wanted him, uh, Wes and I uh, talked a lot, prayed a lot uh, about what we wanted our church family to have during this week. And, uh, but I'll be honest with you, we didn't have to pray long or talk long to say, man, we want, we want to see Wallace. We want to see Wallace have the opportunity to share with our whole church. For this reason, he's such a tremendous picture uh, of being a trophy of God's grace, of just what happens when you and I say yes to God and just let God do what he wants to do in our lives. And he's a picture of a man uh, that is just like everybody in here, but is now having such a profound impact uh, on this world for Jesus Christ. For one reason, he said, he said yes. So uh, I look forward to you getting to know his story a little bit, get to know him a little bit better. Wallace, y'all, you come on up, the head of Chosen Children Ministries in Nicaragua. Y'all welcome him to our church family. And uh, Wallace, you come and share with us. Thank you, Randy. Uh, thank you, church. It's a privilege to be here. And it's just a, what a conference we've had. I mean, we started out Wednesday night with a, a great program, and you know, I don't have... Uh, I don't have much rhythm, but I really did. I love that choir and those folks from Virginia as they come down here. And uh, I was the guy that the two on the side were pointing. I was sitting right over there, and I, I was just, mm, mm, mm. I was wanting to get into it, and I just couldn't. But I did learn uh, something. Whoop, whoop. I mean, I can do that now, and I'm worrying my wife to death with it, okay, because I'm doing it all the time now. But it was a, it was a good night of praise and worship, and the gentleman that was here it was teaching missions. Oh, my goodness. 
I, I was just trying to soak it up. My wife was trying to take notes, and she just finally just laid it down and said, I can't write that fast. You know, I mean, he's done a, like a six-week study here in about 45 minutes, and my mind's still trying to saturate all of that in. I'm going to get his tapes and all. But it was really a God night, and I enjoyed it, and I know you did if you were here. And then we moved on to different events, and I got to know a lot of the church family. And uh, Karen and Randy, who we love, oh, we love those folks. And so, you know, Karen, she was there Friday night, and we were going to have a big meal, and Karen was sitting at the table, and we were so excited. We were going to poke fun at Randy and make sport of him, you know, and I love to do that. Well, our church did it all the time, so uh, I was missing that. So she was there, and, and she, she said, oh, my goodness, I forgot my new cape with a big pendant that I wanted to wear, and it had been perfect with this outfit. Now, I'm out of the country a lot, and I thought the Cracker Barrel was for Uncle Herschel's favorite breakfast. But she said that's where she got the cape, at a restaurant. And I didn't realize you could buy clothing at a restaurant. And she said, oh, yeah, you can buy clothing at a restaurant. The suit Randy's got on? Waffle House. <laughs> Waffle House. I don't know. I'm gone a lot. I miss a lot. I miss a lot. Yeah, pray for me. So, but it is good to be here, you know, and uh, as, as Randy said, he's, he has seen me go full circle. Uh, 44 years old when I come to know the Lord. Uh, 30 years, not been in a church at all. Went to two funerals and sat out in the lobby. Just wouldn't go. I, I just wouldn't go. My mama was a Christian. My daddy, my grandpa wasn't. They had a lot of big influence in my life. We were in a trucking company and we were gone seven days a week when I'm the youngest of a family, a boy's seven. I'm the youngest, I'm the baby boy. And so you can imagine how old my brothers are. Uh, but so, so we worked all the time, and we're not ashamed of that, you know, hard work. And so we made our living that way, and that was put in me, hard work, hard work, hard work. And when it come to church, I, that was for my mama, and, and, you know, and that was okay, my grandmama. But uh, I didn't go. Uh, when I was young, you'd get away and go work, I'd go work. And I spent my life, and the further I went away from church, the colder I got and the more calloused I got. I, said, I committed early in life. I was going to make as much money as quick as I could. I had a four-year scholarship at Clemson University. I didn't take advantage of it because uh, I also had a job that was paying money, a lot of money. The more time I spent there, I made time and a half. Woo. And so uh, after a year, I didn't even take advantage of the, of the education. It just worked, worked, worked. Uh, we were, in the tr tr as I say, in the trucking business, and then I was in... Uh, I started, I founded Nick's Tire and Alignment. Now my boys run it. I, I run it. And uh, I was uh, Randy's tire guy. Uh, that's how Randy got to know me. And believe me, he come from a humble background. I worked on his cars. Uh, you know, and it was a full-time job keeping uh, Karen moving. And so, uh, but that's what I did. And I was comfortable doing that. In fact, right here today, I can tell you with all honesty, I would be more comfortable changing your tires. I really would. I was just a burden I carry. I come across the parking lot this morning. I've told you this before. I know everybody in the parking lot needs some air in their tires. <laughs> I need, you need them rotated. I mean, what are you doing? You know, and that's the thing I'm thinking about. My mind works a little different than most people. Uh, but anyway, I, uh, 44 years old, and I was at, uh, living a life. I wasn't looking for Jesus Christ. I mean, on the, on the face of my life, it, I had some businesses that were doing well. I was selling a lot of tires, okay? And so we were doing, I was doing good. But behind the door, it was a mess. My life was just spinning completely out of control and uh, lost as you could be. And I knew there was uh, something missing in my life. I have a family of uh, boys that's never, at that time, had never seen me open a Bible. 30 years, they were growing up. They'd never seen their dad open a Bible. 
had never seen me pray, heard me pray. I never even said a blessing. I was raising folks just like me. All they did is work, and we raced cars on the weekend. We were really rednecks. We raced dirt track. Anybody here know what a dirt track car is? Boy, we loved them. I'm telling you. We would be out every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night racing, and then we'd spend the rest of the week working all day and then fixing the cars at night in the tar business. We would afforded us to do that. We actually built cars for other people. And I did that, and I was just... And one Wednesday, like I said, I wasn't looking for Jesus now. A church much like this. And you probably do it too. On Wednesday, do you send out people to go and invite people to church? You talk about Jesus? Well... That's not wasted, by the way. It, it, I would watch, and on Wednesday night, I wouldn't come home at a decent time. I wouldn't come home. I was the only one at the house at that time. Boys were gone. So I wouldn't come home at a decent time. I'd wait for the church crowd to leave. They, they all finished, and they're, they're back. But I pulled into my driveway, and they undoubtedly were waiting for me up the street because they pulled in right behind me. And they, they hemmed me in. <laughs> and so uh, I got out real nervous and I knew all of them because they were in businesses on the road. And he said, uh, do you mind if we come in and talk with you a bit, visit with you, invite you to church? I just stopped him right there and I said, listen, uh, I know all you folks and your friends and let's keep it that way. Let's just keep it that way. As for you, that's not for me. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. Rude. Rude. And I walked in, in the house and when I got in the house, I went to the bay window and just before I got in, he said, Wallace, uh, you mind if we pray for you out here in your yard? I said, you can do anything you want in my yard. I walked on in, smart aleck. I walked in, pulled the curtain back, and there was a group of people holding hands, praying for me. After I'd been that rude to them. Now, you know what I'd have done? I'd have left rubber out of there as long as you could see. Somebody talked to me that way, wouldn't let me come in their house. And so I... And what happened later, Johnny Hunt, I said to him earlier, Johnny Hunt, I, you know, what, what happened? Because from that time on, I was never the same. Even these those people praying, I was still lost. But I'm telling you, what's the truth, my sins started coming before me. If you kept up with any kind of South Carolina politics, poker machines at that time were just a tragedy in our state. It was just ravaging families. That was me. I had them. I mean, you know, anything you make a dollar without making it. And I could walk by people playing, putting all their money in a poker machine, and I would, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. We could race on Saturday night and fight our way out of the place. I liked it. It didn't bother me. But when they started praying for me, God in his mercy started bringing these things before me. He started bringing a sinful life. You can't be converted. I'm, I, you can't be converted unless you're convicted. Starting that night, I started... I started being convicted. John Hunt said I was prayed under conviction. <laughs> you know, so if you got somebody in your family, you got somebody in your neighborhood, you may have witnessed to them 50 times. Pray them under conviction. It works. They may not come to know the Lord, but that'll be a miserable person. <laughs> wow. And then I went in, you know, and I thought, wow, this is really playing with my head. You know, I wish they hadn't even shown up. I went to bed, and all I could think about was the families that had done without because of me and my businesses. I thought about how, what a spectacle it was for my sons to see the things I was doing. My sin just was hitting me right, right in the face, right in the face. I didn't immediately go to church. I just wrestled with that. I hard-headed. I just wrestled with it. I'd work harder. I'd race harder. I'd build more of this, do more of that. But it was just, it was just I wasn't right. I knew I wasn't right. I knew something had to be done. So one Sunday morning, I wouldn't even dress for church. 
I rode by First North, and I got out of my car, and I went, and there's a place in the back of this church. I could see that person back there, but in First North, there's a place you can't see somebody. And I was there. And so but what I didn't know, even though the preacher couldn't see me, God saw me. He saw me there. And, and Pastor Mike started preaching, and then he just went into Romans, and he started preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. God loved me, sent his son to die for me, even as well I was. You know, a sinner just, you know, once he does get convicted, he's thinking, there ain't no way God forgive this fellow after all I've done. But he made it very clear that if I'd start down, come on down here and let's settle this. Because I couldn't go on. I'm telling you the truth, I couldn't go on. If you've got friends or relatives or neighbors or somebody in your neighborhood or somebody you're praying for, you just keep praying. You just keep praying. And they'll show up in that dark spot. And so I come down and I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ. Now, that's about all you're going to hear about me. Because Jesus took me then, I was a new person. And he took me then as I was. And he forgave me. Here, there's consequences to sin that I've dealt with. But he saved me. He redeemed me. He didn't just save me a little bit. He just took my whole life and turned it upside down. And then there was folks just like Randy who was at our church and a lot of other folks like Randy that started teaching the Bible, pouring into me, teaching me about God's love and Jesus. And I tell you, at 44, you bring a lot of crazy thinking with you and you bring a lot of, you do things different than, you know, somebody that was raised in the church. A powerful testimony, by the way. We on the mission field a lot and we had a 900 missionaries with us this year and I've been doing this a long time, so we see a lot and hear a lot of testimonies. The most powerful testimony in the world is you were saved young. You didn't hurt Jesus like I did. And you lived your life for him. I mean, that's a strong testimony. I, my testimony is of grace. That no matter where you're at, Jesus loves you and died for you. And he, if you'll turn it over to him, you know, and I changed tires. Like I say, I changed tires on the Asheville Highway. In fact, most of the places I go, even in speak, I speak at a lot of rotary clubs and lines clubs and things. And people that know me, they say, this is a tire guy. This is a tire guy from Inland. Okay, that's how I'm introduced. That's my credentials. You know, I'm a tire guy from England. And all that says is God can use every one of us. I started going to church on a regular basis and paying my tithes. I joined the church. I baptized. I took Christian witness training. And, you know, I was learning more and more about the Word. And then one day I, we had a mission conference. It was our second mission conference, first or second mission conference. First and someone came and some of the missionaries came and you talked about where you're at and how the Lord is using you and how you can be used, and all this. And as I told the earlier service, I was sitting there listening to this, just like maybe many of you. I know how you are, because I was there not long ago. I was thinking what I was going to have for dinner. You know, my wife, she's up on the edge of the seat, thought she was going to fall off the floor. And I was wondering where I was going to eat dinner. I just wasn't listening, I wasn't connected. And she looked at me after it was over, and she said, "You, she's just huffing, you ready to go? You know, like that. And I said, yeah, where are we going to eat? You know, and she said, no. She said, missions. I said, no, I'm not going. Where would you go? And she said, just what he's been talking about. I want to go to Nicaragua. I didn't know where it was at. I didn't know how to spell it. What was I going to do there? I changed tires. You know, and she said, no, no, God's related on my heart. He burdened me to go. He, he really wants you to go. and He wants me to go. And as we all know, if he calls your wife, he calls you. Uh, <laughs> so that's sort of how it happened. And I said, no, i tell you what. At that time, I had a... And my business was great, uh, you know, and, and, and things like that. And, and so I was selling a lot of tires. And I said, let's just write him a check. Let's write a check, give it to them. And 
you know, that'll, make, that'll ease my conscience anyway. And so it'll get me off the hook with my wife, so we did that. She was kind of confused at that. She liked it, but didn't like it, you know. But anyway, he laughed, and everything got signed up, and we didn't go. The next year, same guy, same program. Now, here we go again. Again, I told her I wasn't going. I got, I'm making good money. I've got two businesses going. you got a business going. Let's just support them financially. On and on and on. And she said, no, 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 no. If you love me, you'll go. Let <laughs> me tell you what, that'll get a man on the mission field about as fast as anything will right there. And so I went kicking and screaming. I'm ashamed of it now because I look at me standing here talking about missions, and I went kicking and screaming. But I went. And a sovereign God took me to Nicaragua. Melted my heart with those people. And I think the ones that have been there, you can see that's an easy thing. They're such precious people who are having such a difficult time. And every little thing you do there makes a tremendous difference in someone's life. I don't know, just a few days ago, I was in the dumps of Nicaragua feeding orphan children. They would come to my bus and we would feed them and then we would walk back where they're staying in the dump. A lot of you know what I'm talking about. Two different color shoes, no shirts. Now, I'm not talking about, there's plenty of men and women, but I'm talking about six-year-old children. The flies just covering them. And I'm not trying to play on your emotion. I'm just saying there's a hurting world out there. He took me from that. He took my wife from that. He brought me 2,000 miles right here. Somebody needs to hear something here today. And I want your spiritual ears to be open. He loves those children, but he loves you. We tell them about Jesus, and we tell them why we're there. We feed them, and we help them, and we care for them, and we love them. I'm telling you that now. You may be in worse shape than that child. Undoubtedly, God thinks you are. Or I wouldn't have come 2,000 miles because I can tell you right now, I'm glad to be here. My heart's back there. Uh, We dearly love those children. It's not a challenge or a chore. It is a blessing. To serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And, to, and, and I, I just here to challenge you. That if he can take an ordinary guy. I know I'm not special. I, I just make no bones about that. I know who I am. I'm not trained to speak. And I've not been taught about things. I come from a business background. I'm an ordinary person. That said yes. And if you're sitting here this morning. If you just pray the prayer and you'll mean it. Yes Lord. Speak to my heart. And use me. You better hold on. You'd better hold on. I'm telling you what's the truth. Uh, God will do that, and he wants to do that. I'm beginning, Randy, God is convicting my heart here lately not to keep praying, God bless me, bless my family, uh, bless my ministry, uh, bless me, bless mine. He's already blessed me. What about me blessing him? Why can't my life bless him? My children are at home. They are fed. I have a home. I'm born in the richest country in the Western Hemisphere, the richest country in the world. Has he blessed you? Can anybody sit here and say, God's not blessed me? We can't say it. Can't say it. I want to bless him. I want to give something back. I want to be used for his glory. I want someone to see a little bit of Jesus in me. 
I want to have a compassionate heart and a loving spirit. I don't care where I come from. That's behind me. But I do care where I'm going and what I'm going to do with the time I have left. At my age, I'm 62 years old. Most of my years are behind me. <laughs> I realize that. I want, to, I want to finish strong. I want to make it count. Every person sitting here, I don't know where you are. I may be preaching to the choir here. It's okay. Don't we need to be reminded of Jesus' love? Don't we need to be reminded that we were dead and now we're alive? That we were blind and now we see? That you do have a heart and he wants it. And if you sit here and you try to figure missions out with your head, you're not going to figure it out. I tried. I was thinking, oh my goodness, they need food, so I'll send money. Oh my goodness, they need shelter, so we'll try to get some materials. Oh my goodness, they need this, and they need... No, 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 no. You'll never figure it out. They need what I just said. But you need something. And you need to be drawn closer. And I need to be drawn closer. So I'll do 40 trips this year. No big deal. I shouldn't hurt my arm patting myself on the back. It's my reasonable service. He's rescued me. I was condemned one day, and he took it. And now I'm alive, and I'm alive in him. And so I just come with a challenge this morning of whoever you are. You know, sometimes the devil says, oh, you're too young. You need, you're in school. You don't need to do that. You don't carve out any time for that. Just stay there. You're doing okay. Or you, maybe you're a young couple, and you have children, and you have a career and all that. You're too busy. I was telling him earlier, I had a great friend just come back off the mission field with me and Kevin, and he said, uh, uh, I was putting tires on his truck. And he said, you know, Wallace, I know what you're doing, and man, I've been praying about going with you. He's a believer. I've been praying about going with you. I want to go. But you know what? God's blessing me so much. I know the economy's bad, but instead of selling new air conditioning units, I'm repairing old ones. I ain't never made so much money. And he said, I just ain't got the time to go. And I said, well, Kevin, let's just do this. Let's just pray your business gets cut in half today. I mean, if what you're telling me has any validity whatsoever, let's just pray that 50% of your business will just, they'll cancel. And that'll give you plenty of time. And he, he's kind of like me, kind of an old country boy, but he come from the dark side of the mountain. I mean, he really did. He kind of stood there. He got a high and tight, you know, and he's standing there with his uniform. He said, I tell you what, let's don't do that. Let's don't do that. That's a little harsh. I said, well, let's just, you know, let's just pray that God will show you what he wants you to do. Well, he went to a mission field. Now they signed to go next year twice. He's going on a Christmas trip with me. God just did a work in his heart. And I guess what I'm trying to say here is the Nicaraguan people need everything I said. I've never seen people starve until I got there. I've always had food in my cupboard. I've never seen people cover up in plastic inside the house when it was raining. I've always had a roof over my head. I've never seen children eating trash. But now I have. So God let me see all that. And he let me see it for a purpose. I can be counted. And I can be counted among his faithful. He can be known there if his people will not only go there. There's people, missionaries from one end to the other out here that are all over this world that are in the same battle. They're in the same positions of helping and caring uh, for people. And so I, I, not everybody needs to go to Nicaragua. It's not that big a country. But some need to go. Some need to go to China and some need to go 
wherever they're represented, some people need to go there. But I'm talking because the sovereign God has chosen me to speak about Nicaragua, and that's what I'm speaking about. Missions in general, but Nicaragua. Because that's where my heart is, nor it's where my wife's heart is. And when we finish here, we're going back there. We're going back there. We're going back to that dump where I come out of. Because my, my, I wasn't finished there when I got this invitation. But I will go back there. We live in one room for six months out of the year. Average temperature is 100 degrees. It's rained for 15 straight days. I got a team on the field right now of teenagers that cannot get out of the country because of the rain and the tropical depression there. It's okay. Don't feel sorry for me. It's pure joy. It's pure joy to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. If we get our lives in the right perspective, and I'm talking about me. You know why I have, to, you know why I have fun coming to these things? Because I need to hear it again. I need to hear it again. What he did for me, it's nothing what I'm doing. It's my reasonable service. And I would think if you were sitting here, you would challenge yourself. What is your reasonable service? Are you having a problem giving to missions? Giving? A lot of people are sensitive about their money. Are you having a problem going? Too busy? Too old? Too young? Are you having a problem praying for folks that are going? you have a problem carving out a few minutes and lifting somebody up? When I left here just a few minutes ago, I walked back to my table, and there was literally a line of people giving me their names that are dealing with the very things we're talking about and asking me, would you pray that I'll be obedient? I'm struggling right now. Some of them, I don't know if they're in here or not, some of them are ex-prisoners. And you can imagine the weight they carry, even though they're children of the king. Uh, how do I fit? Where do I fit? And, and, and I said, we're going to pray. I mean, I prayed right then. I prayed for them one right after the other. One, I've been praying for people ever since I walked out of here. There's hurting people right here in Colonial Heights. There are people in Colonial Heights. And I pointed them all to Wes and to Pastor Randy. That's where they need to start, right here at the home church. What's the saying? The, the light that shines the furthest will shine the brightest right here. So that's just to remember to keep that in mind. When, and, and again, I want to come to you. I'm nobody special. I'm the tire changer on the Asheville Highway. But I love Jesus because he changed my life. And if I could, I'd like to end this in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we've sang about lifting you up. I pray, Lord, that uh, you've taken this simple man, a small man who serves a great God, and you've taken these simple words, and you spoke to someone's heart. Lord, I am tired of praying. Bless me and everything about me. Lord, my prayer is, I want to bless you. I want you to be lifted up. I want you to be blessed. And everything else will fall into place. My giving won't be a challenge. My going won't be a question. My praying will be natural. This is your house, and this is to be known as a house of prayer. Father, I thank you. I praise you. I give you all honor and all glory. I pray for my children in Nicaragua. Send people to love on them. Send people to care for them. And not only in Nicaragua, but around this world, and especially in Colonial Heights. I love you, thank you, praise you, and I pray this in the strong name of my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.